0: this is the draft season podcast we are back it's been a minute quite a bit of a hiatus it might have been a month but we've been we've been pumping out content on the youtube page please please check that it is your boy young raz coming live where i'm
1: often from queens new york i'm here with my player partner sean 5k talk to him you already know man black twitter is number one fantasy sports shows in the building and you already know we're 10 days from the nba draft so you know this is this is the best time of the year. My favorite part of the year. So what what else is better than talking some draft? So I had to bring on one of the, you know, the most hard working people on draft today right now. If you are interested in, you know, this thing that we all do love, you definitely should be giving this guy a follow and check it out the work. We do have joining us on today's show the great Tyler Metcalf. He's a draft expert for hashtag fantasy. And he also does write for I, I always butcher the um the T site. Can you, can you give us that Tyler? Yeah, yeah it's a uh, Canis Hoopis over at uh yeah. yeah, I don't want to, I don't wanna I don't wanna butcher it, but but yeah, man, Tyler, once again, thank you for hopping on the show, bro. How are you doing today? And welcome to Dressing the Podcast, my guy. Yeah, not not
2: sure I can live up to that intro, but uh <laughs> thrilled, thrilled to be on with you guys. I'm looking forward to this. Should be fun.
1: We're almost there. Yeah, man. Like I said, 10 10 days away. So it's it's always interesting, you know, just to do some, you know, uh, macro level draft talk and just see where, you know, we feel about this class and, you know, some of these guys. So at least for you, Tyler, we always do start off all of our guests with these with a couple of these appetizers um, just to get you started. So, yeah, man, girl, we like what What was your background to get you hooked on like this this draft narcotic that we all do love to go along with just your your overall background and your earliest sport memories as just a as a hoop as a hoop fan uh yes
2: yeah, so I'm growing up always had kind of a longer commute to school so would always end up doing these random fantasy drafts with stepdad in the car driving to school and just always loved the idea of team building and Growing up, I always ended up doing my own kind of big boards in the style that Chad Ford did back in the day at ESPN and finally got around to the point of just everyone's publishing this stuff now. Let's just try and find a site. And uh, Joey, the guy who runs Hashtag Basketball, makes all my words look pretty. So uh, it's it's just been fun. It's a heck of a hobby and a really, really cool community most of the time on Twitter. So.
1: Most of the time Most of the time, right. so, the
0: time. Va- Basketball Twitter is One of those places where You have to really be comfortable With yourself in order to continue To live there It is a, <laughs> it is a cesspool As we like to call it on this show
1: Yeah, you gotta really like Filter the conversations And what you're reading Otherwise it's just like You'll you'll end up down You know, paths And just discourse That you're like How the hell did we end up In this conversation And, and half the time It's just pure like toxic And like that—that's really a part of the reason why, like, we we love to get into this, you know, just content creation because this is really where like these best conversations are being had. Yeah. And like for me, like, some sometimes like I love living in the gray area because most of the time that's where the truth is, mm-hmm. you know, not too hot ticky, not too low, but just living in that gray period, gray area. But yeah, for for you, Tyler, what, what would you say was like that first draft that really got you like like hooked, or the first draft that you really like? sat down and was like, all right, I'm going to get my process going for this. And, and it really started to learn by like trial by fire. Oh, um,
2: so unfortunately kind of grew up, a somewhat of a, or a pretty big Pistons fan in my younger days. And, uh, you know, as LeBron James was overhyped, man, he was going to be a bum. his sports illustrated. Didn't know what they were talking about. Darko Milicic was the real deal. <laughs> so, uh, that, that oh, did not, really? yeah. So, um, that that was the first one where I really really <laughs> dove into it and it it didn't it didn't go well. um
1: What did you learn from that drive, bro? What did you learn? <laughs> oh, f- actually, watch these guys because.
2: <laughs> I mean, but uh, you got a championship out of it, real quick. It, true, that's so, so I mean, the first you one wanted... from that class.
1: That's such, such bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so
2: I because all, all the hype around Darko really stemmed from this one workout that he had um, I, I think it was during the playoffs was workout. one yeah, of the practice workout. gyms and just everyone just jaw-dropping workout and apparently he was the real deal and just I don't think he could ever really adjust to the NBA grind and the different cultures and all that stuff so still got the championship not because of him would have been nice to have D Wade or Carmelo, but yeah, that would have helped.
1: Hey, on the way, though, bro, or we think he's on the way. Uh, we hope Man. so. He,
2: they he said they be. said they're
1: open open to trading it, so we could definitely tap Weaver is into a nut, that. So anything is in. Yeah. I, I I think we have been kind of moving forward with like Cade being consensus, but like anything, or or just uh, I don't know what it's been like, uh, 16 to 18 months of, of the uh, Troy Weaver in, in Detroit, so. I mean, he he kind of is, you know, just a wild card. So I mean, I guess we're gonna see who who's gonna be number one. But yeah, man, it's kind of been that. Darko pick was kind of like it, it was the beginning of the end for that dynasty. It's always it's it's one of the the best questions of like the past like twenty years of what would have happened to Detroit if they like nailed that pick.
2: I I definitely think it would have prolonged things because I and mean, they're in the finals the year even after that they went back to back finals and then you know guys start getting older and Ben Wallace is looking for his big payday. Can't fault the guy for getting it. Um, but and then just kind of piece by piece, they fell off. If they have one of those young superstars, I think it prolongs things at least a little bit, or at least allows them to pivot in a more natural direction instead of trying to take these home run swings on the, some of these trades that just really fell apart.
0: It's like, I'm I used there and you look at that draft and obviously Darko sticks out there, but like, you know, Melo's next. You have Wade and Bosh as potential options, which out of those three do you think would have just been a better fit with that team? Obviously, Melo comes in as the ready-made scorer. He's a bucket Damn. already <laughs> Like coming. Out, like we, I don't think in my eyes, other than Kevin Durant and maybe like Michael Beasley, I don't think I've seen someone who came out of college with the ability to get a bucket like that right away. And we already saw how the Beasley thing went. So it's just like, you know, he's a bucket. Then you have Bosch who was very versatile. And then Wade is Wade, like who do you think would have fit better with your squad at that point?
2: So and I I think Carmelo was probably should have been the pick. there. Yeah. um I I love Tajon Prince. Huge Tajon Prince fan. Melo's a pretty drastic upgrade, at least in the superstar department there and scoring department. Uh pretty big drop off in defense, um, at least at the time, but um that they would have given them such a different look offensively at the three and then i mean wade would have been interesting because he's a little older a little more when now um and bosh kind of would have fit more of that rashid rashid wallace mold so you know i don't think there was a bad pick out of those three i think carmelo just with how their roster was set up probably takes them to the you know highest of highs potentially but uh they
1: they chose the wrong Option unfortunately, out of the four, I don't know how we ended up in. I mean, actually, I do know how we ended up in 2004. This is this is talk, but it's just kind of funny. This question is like, what is it? I guess that three four tweener score first mold is kind of had a couple more, like, I guess you know, clunkers and just misses from that mold because obviously metal wasn't a miss, but you got guys like. You know, Jabari and there's mm-hmm. Derek Williams. Um, who else? I I know you mentioned something, Beasley, I guess, would be considered something. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just something to consider. Uh but yeah, quick quick little um t- touching on the, the finals real quick. Cause I guess we are at a, a pretty interesting, you know, we're about to uh Bucks up three two. I guess, I mean I'll go with you, but what is what have been your I mean, these last three games from the Bucks, they've kind of just, you know, made up for some of I mean Giannis has just made a it, it's just Best player on the on the court. I kind of feel like that's the easy way to describe what's going on right now. You know, he's just been, you know, unstoppable force. But Raz, what have you made from these last couple games of the finals? And you know, Chris Paul being behind it, proverbial eight ball, like once again.
0: I've been on this Chris Paul roller coaster my whole life, so this is one of those things where this isn't. At this point, I'm playing with house money with Chris Paul. So this doesn't this 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 doesn't hurt me as much as all of the past failures. But the issue with the Suns have right now they don't have an adjustment for when Aiden has is in foul trouble. Right. The the best play, the best the best they play is when Aiden is on the court. And when Brooke Lopez is on the court. Without any Brooke Lopez on the court, Giannis can play the five and they don't have a matchup for that. So the thing for these next two games is Aiden has to be on the court. He has to be out of foul trouble, and he has to be productive. They do not have any other option, and that's kind of the room for error there, right? Because if you – now the Bucks are attacking Aiton and they're getting him in foul trouble early, you know Scott Foster probably going to be on game seven. I think it goes to seven. So we're going to get that Scott Foster, Chris Paul, Giannis game seven, and I'm going to be watching it on pins and needles. But I, I think that's just pretty much it. Obviously, Drew Holiday's playing better. He's harassing the hell out of Chris Paul. Um, I just don't think Devin Booker, as good as he's playing, he's not enough to beat the Bucks by himself. And I think he has to get
1: a few more people involved. Well, you know, you, oh yeah, like, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Now, I was just saying they're
0: content to let Booker score forty-five because by time, by time you get down to the end. Now Chris Paul is cold, and in theory, Chris Paul probably one of the, the best closers when when he's not in his own way because he's clutch as hell when he can get the shot off. He's like that's what it comes down to. I just think. Devin Booker is monopolizing a lot of those possessions right now. And even like uh, some of the screening roles where Aiton can roll and get an easy dunk, if not a dunk, a kick out to somebody like Cam Johnson or one of those guys who have been automatic when Aiton, when um, Booker is getting 40 shots a game, that takes away a lot from the Suns.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I think that, and that, 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 that Sar- Dario Sarge injury, I think hurt Phoenix a lot more than, you know, People really wanted to give it credit for, and I think a really important adjustment that Milwaukee's made is that they've completely taken away the corner three from Phoenix, where those first two games, Bridges, oh, they, Bridges, oof. Crowder, they were just yeah. lights out from the corners, and now they've completely taken that away. And games one and two, Paul and Booker killed Milwaukee from the mid-range because of that drop coverage, but. That drop coverage is also baiting them into those shots and taking away the three and really limiting the ball movement. In those first couple of games, we saw Phoenix with these awesome five, six, seven, ten pass possessions where Milwaukee's rotating and chasing on them all over the court, and then they're splashing a corner three. And I feel like we've completely seen that fall away. And it's all two man game isolation game from Phoenix. and they've really, kind of pivoted away from what they've been so good at getting to this point so i i would like to see booker get a little more involved in playmaking you know it's tough when they're just giving you five feet in those mid-range jumpers and you're knocking them down every time but when he runs off those screens i would like to see him look to attack and facilitate off those a little more instead of just
1: looking to score yeah for sure and i feel like The the point in the series where the Suns, like and it makes it goes completely with what you just said, but yeah, when Bridges and Bridges Crowder and let's say Cam Johnson, when they all Mm -hmm. had their moments, that was when they were looking unstoppable. But yeah, man, I think I think it should we should get a a pretty good series. And I think for like whatever all of the you know the the people who just follow the league nationally and and the the narratives that they've thrown out about this not just being a lackluster finals, for whatever it's worth, I think the basketball has been pretty compelling, even though it hasn't been You know, close finishes down to the wire. But, you know, I think like Giannis Antetokounmpo is is great. And, you know, I feel like people make a lot about him not having, you know, the bag, quote unquote. But, you know, it's it's just like you should be thankful he doesn't have that bag, because if he did, he's probably running off five or six straight chips. So, you know, for for the sake of league parity, we should be happy that that Giannis is only as good as he is now. But yeah, t- tra- transferring onto or moving on to the actual NBA draft. I feel like I'm um, just going at it from, you know, kind of, like I said, a macro perspective, because, you know, even even going on this from when we had these conversations last year to a certain extent last year during last the last cycle. A lot of people have fatigue. We talked about this. And, you know, a lot of people are just ready to get on to the next cycle, you know, come c- c- to the point where some of the individual talents in the last class got, you know, they didn't get as much of the love that they deserved. So, you know, just looking at it, and I think this class, obviously, if you're just talking like depth of talent, you know, top level star talent, you know, wings that could be really interesting with one more developmental leap. Um, And even, you know, like just role players. I think this, this draft kind of has everything that you might be looking for if your scouting department is really hitting on it. So if you and you, Tyler, and you, Raz, where are you guys currently at on this draft? And just in terms of finding, you know, value from positional groups, where do you think that value is for these this 2021 crop? Tyler, we'll start with you. I, I think it's really impressive and one of the better
2: ones we've had in recent years. Um I, I think those top four are pretty much a lock and have far and away the best like all star superstar potential. And then even after that, really throughout the first round, I think there are a lot of guys that can range from being really quality starters on good teams to legitimate rotation guys. So obviously not all of them are going to hit based on math and history and all that. There are going to be plenty of guys who just get phased out of the league. But I think... Just because you have a pick in the early 20s or something like that, it doesn't mean that there's zero value there. I think there are a lot of guys here who are either really interesting d- development projects or draft and stash, or just guys who can come in and contribute right away because they're an older shooting guard who does a little bit of everything on both ends of the floor. So just, I don't think you're going to get that superstar potential like in the late teens or anything. Um, but I think there are a lot of guys in throughout the first round who are going to be really legitimate long-term players.
0: Yeah. uh, Just to piggyback off of that, um, just because of the fan in me and the Homer in me, um, I usually start my draft analysis where the Knicks will be picking. So this, this year they have mid mid round picks, right? So I've had to dive deeper earlier into the the deeper part of the draft and try to figure out what type of depth and what type of talent really fills out this draft. And I will say there's a lot. There's a lot you can yeah. work with here, whether you're getting, you know, as we like to call steady work point guards where, you know, point guards that have played a few years in college that can come in and run your offense and, and, and spell your starter, you know, just right off the back out of college. We, I think we have a few of those. Um, we have some high upside, um, point guards are going to go later in the first round, uh, like Trey Mann or, or those guys, um, Sharif Cooper, like those guys aren't going to go that early. There's a lot of spark and potential there where you can develop. And then even from the wings, you know, there's a lot of wings and stash big men at the end of this draft. I think we'll have a lot of potential and teams that can develop and teams that are scouting right now are going to have a field day. at the, you know, if you have like those early second round picks and those late first round picks, I think you'll be able to get some gems in this draft.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think even going on to the point about that mid tier, yeah, man, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of wings and this the, the depth of this wing class is really yeah like i said it's one of the it's one of the more deeper crops that we have where you have you even have guys like even like chris darte is another one who who falls in in that same crop and he's look he's being looked at as a mid-tier guy so i mean tyler i know one thing I, i did hear you guys talk about it on when i was checking out your pod uh but yeah what what's your current philosophy right now when you're when you're looking at these wings and in particular just about you know valuing you know future upside and you know the being ready to being ready to contribute on day one because it's a lot of guys who you know might need a year or two but when you're looking at these guys how do you really you know compare the two about is it just board specific and team specific or you know do you usually take you know that leap for a guy that you could see being um you know somebody who develops into much further than where he at as as a college prospect coming out
2: yeah, so I, you you mentioned team specific, and I think that is really important. I and mean, if I did like a big board for every single team, I'd first lose yeah. my mind, and then second, they'd all <laughs> look completely different. Yeah. Um, but I at the very so like when I craft mine, it's mostly how would I pick these guys in a vacuum, and then kind mm-hmm. of weighing what they did, what I think they can do, how legitimate are their flashes, versus how legitimate mm-hmm. are, are they as like a play now type of guy. So for big men i usually they they have to have like superstar upside for me to rank them early otherwise i think they're pretty replaceable it's kind of i i've I the center now kind of like the running back position in the nfl where you can kind of do it by committee um unless you get these superstars um but with this draft it's a lot of really just talented guards and wings and I just I kind of go from who do I think has that legit superstar potential and then whittle it down from there and the it, it's tough with like older guys like Kispert and Duarte and like even throw Jared Butler in there because they are so much farther on their development curve but they're so much more of a sure thing where as like a, compared to like a Zaire Williams I, I think he's the best home run swing in this class still, but I get people being super low on him compared to the start of the season because what his tape it's it's a lot of bad out there, but I think the flashes that he showed were legitimate and I think that he had probably the worst year imaginable um so it's just kind of weighing all those factors
0: yeah i I'm finding myself. Struggling with a lot of the big men. I know we were talking earlier about the Texas scam that they always run with the same big man that they've had on their team for the last 10 years. They're they're the same player. Every single (laughs) one of them is the same player. It's like it literally depends on a system and fit when they get to the league.
1: So I'm not. I like how you're talking about Jared Allen right now, bro. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I mean, oh, am I lying? Are they not the you're same player? Are they he's not, not the same player game? as Mo Bamba, man. I can't go for that. I can't, I can't go for that. You're not wrong, he's, though. They kind of I
0: mean, close. He's, not, he's healthy Mo Bamba. Like, that's all he is. Like, that's what it comes down to. And who's the one after him? There's somebody else that I'm – like, the last Jackson one that Hayes, was different. Jackson
1: Hayes? Yeah, Jackson It's Hayes. the
0: same player. Like, what are we talking about? More <laughs> The The last one that was different was Miles Turner, and that's because he can shoot. Like he's literally the only other one that's different, but he he's in the same mold too. He just got a jump shot, so I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm not I love lying, Miles Turner, man. You get, I feel like you don't get enough respect, man. He's really good on defense, man. And but and, and like and like you said, he can shoot. But yeah, continue though, <laughs> Raz. Yeah,
0: as I start like looking into like the second round of this draft, I start seeing players like that might fall. You know, Io's one of those guys who's who's looked like he's going to be in between, like. Anywhere between like 22 and like 35, like he he's going to go in that range. And you got people like Chris, Chris Dorte, who's a little bit on the older side. Right. So he's one of those guys where it's like you he needs to come in right now and play and he needs to hit jump shots. And that's going to be his calling card. He's going to be a corner three guy, maybe run a little bit of your offense if you're in a pinch, I wouldn't recommend it all the time, but he can be as that that secondary or tertiary ball handler for you that can knock down a jump shot. I start pinpointing those guys in the later round. Um, somebody like Corey Kers- Kispert? Kispert, I can't never pronounce his name. Yeah, he's gonna go into he's gonna go into mid rounds, right? Just because he he's like he can shoot it like that, but he's somebody I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking up on draft day and you see him at twenty two. And I think he's one of those guys because this draft is that talented where people may take a chance on upside and they may forget on um, they may forget that it's OK to draft high floor players,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, just off the bat. Like, yo, we have a high floor player. This is what you're going to get. If he improves, it's gravy because people are like they, they, they like falling in level potential and swinging for the fences. So somebody like him who could he can fall and be a great value for somebody in that in that range.
1: Yeah, man, I, I just put I just pulled up the numbers for um, for Zaire Williams, man. Like he he shot. It's not good. According to Instat, at the rim, he shot forty three percent and only on. Like it's such a like that that particular part of his game is just something that you know it does leave you with that particular attribute of his game. It could end up when he actually gets strength, and that's a big maybe. <laughs> that's a big maybe because if you added like consistent rim finishing to him. You know, that could that could really that that changes the profile. But yeah, 43% on, on 35 rim attempts over over the season, and yeah, I like I don't um I think I wanted to get your I want to get your read on on some of these wings in this class, uh Tyler, because there's a there's a bunch of these guys who are interesting. I think even like leaving outside of that uh that top four, top five ish range. So what would you make of I think just like player debates that we've been digging? A lot of guys, point of contentions and just guys that you know when we actually do look at, look back at this draft in a couple of years, you're going to see, these are the decisions that, you know, scouts and evaluators have to make and where you, where do you end up on that part of the conversation? So, I mean, my first one for you is just Scotty Barnes, first, Jonathan Kaminga. These are two guys that we did speak about recently. Um, and, you know, I, I know Scotty Barnes, the recent Bleacher report, um, I think Wasserman did report that he might be a fit at five or, or six for um, Orlando or OKC, but where are you at on on those two guys as far as uh, Kaminga and and Scotty Barnes? About just like if you had to take a, a swing on one of those guys because of their attributes, who would you really uh, you know go towards? gravitate towards
2: <sighs> that? Oh god! So those are two of the tougher ones I've had.
1: Yeah, I've i lost Jane, a lot of sleep I, over that. You're it's
2: because I know. Ne- all year Camingo has been this consensus fifth guy and when you I mean, when you look at his physical profile his skill profile it makes a lot of sense that he's this big dude who can be a primary creator and score and but i kind of worry about how good his actual feel for the game is i think his ball handling's a little sloppy his defense is all over the place where one one minute he's like oh yeah that could That's a legit defender. And then the next four possessions, he's completely zoning out and missing rotations and ball watching and all that stuff. So I I think that defense coming along is even more important for him than, say, the shooting, because I think eventually he can be effective enough attacking downhill or operating from the elbow and kind of playmaking from there where he can still be a really good player and just be a decent shooter. Scotty Barnes, I have no idea what to do with. Because I he, he seems like the the guy who's risen the most in draft Twitter or whatever or the national eyes in the last couple weeks and I I get it he's this he's framed sort of like Draymond Green that's the comp everyone gives out for him I'm hesitant to compare him to one of the best defenders we've ever yeah, seen we, we,
1: said, we did a video on him we said nah we like come on throw out the Draymond stuff I, like,
2: yeah I mean yeah that's
0: bad comparisons man. It's, I,
2: It's just body type and a guy known for defense. So I I don't love that comp. Um, His motor is absolutely insane. He can guard one through four, maybe some small ball fives, really good on ball defender, good footwork, really kind of creative and confident passer. His shooting's a mess. I don't think he's a very good ball handler. I think he was a mess off ball defensively, but I think that was part of the system kind of too, where they wanted him to play that free safety role, but he was roaming all over the place and losing his guy and ball watching. So I, I get, I see the defensive upside. I think he could eventually be that defensive cornerstone type guy. I'm just, I'm not creative or smart enough to figure out what you do with him on offense, because I, I don't think he's a point guard. I don't think he's good enough to play off ball as a shooter. I don't think he's good enough as a vertical spacer. So and if you're just using him to pass out of the short roll, it seems kind of like a waste. So I, I I understand the people who have him at five. I personally can't get there. I still have him easily lottery, but he's one of the more perplexing people that I've in this draft, just because he's so unique.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm pretty high on him, right? Yeah, I don't think. But I, I'm also to my point like i was just clowning on the texas mole like the florida state wing mole is the same thing like it's like the same it's like the last 5 years we've had the same player come out right and we're just deciding which one has the better nba upside i do think scottie his willingness to shoot um leaves me to believe that there will be some room for improvement um there from the line and um from from distance i don't think he's going to need to become a ridiculously knockdown shooter for him yep. to be useful in the NBA. I think if he tightens up his handle a bit, you know, where he can either act as an orchestrator off the pick and roll or as the role man, I think that's where he finds his niche in the, in the uh, NBA, where he, I just need him to be able to hit free throw line jump shots. I don't really need him to do anything else. Defensive, defensively, I think he's going to be able to fit in wherever on defense. I think that's somebody where you're, you're not worried about him defensively. And I think yep. to your point, a part of the system had him playing free safety. I don't think he's going to be tasked with such a role at a young age in the NBA. And I think he'll play incredible on-ball defense. He already battles on the boards and he's still probably filling out. Like he doesn't have his his adult body yet. Like he still looks like a child. Um, Just a rather large child. If we're, you know, if we're, we're getting into it and I think shooting and ball handling are areas of concern. I don't think he's a bad ball handler. I think Mm -hmm. the, I think we um, we actually just had this conversation, um, but I think he we fall in love with a lot of the NBA wings who have handles that they shouldn't. Like we're looking we're looking at players like you know Paul George and like those type of guys who have point guard handles. Like they're freaks of nature. So I think if we start if we start putting things back into perspective of like positions, I know basketball is positionalist now. Um, we'll be able to grade some of these younger guys without such a hard curve because we're, I don't, he's not Paul George. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not these guys. He's going to have to get his handle better. Yes. Can it get better? Absolutely. So I think we have to like, he's, a, and he's a decent passer already. Like he, he has a good feel for basketball. So these are all things that you have to take. And I think that's why his he's rising so much five could be a little high for my blood. Um, But if he, if he goes, between eight and twelve, I wouldn't be like, "Oh wow, that's a bad pick." I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty good spot for
1: him. Yeah uh, one one thing for for those two guys in Kaminga and Barnes that like for for them for them to at least it's something that left me wondering. So I, I'd be interested to see like what do you make of these type of propositions, Tyler? Because one thing that I struggle with is projecting touch. You know, and there's no like I know people love using fritos to to do that, and I like it like. on at a rudimentary level but that's not really like formulaic or any anything scientific we can use to project touch it's something that you got to see a lot of different shot attempts in you know in different attempts in in different settings you know shooting off motion shooting stationary but like when we're talking about projecting touch like considering it with these guys like is there anything that like you you would see as you know like positive indicators when you're looking at guys Because like i know one thing for for scotty barnes and even coming like i said i we mentioned it before but you know a lot of clinkers and like even in that in that mid-range area you know having a little you know even though like everybody hates mid-range or the analytics are going to like stay straight away from it if you're not you know elite at that shot but even having that little like you know whatever it's like eight to ten foot push shot like that's a very important it's kind of it's a part of why Jokic is unstoppable like the, the the Jokic equation is unstoppable because wherever he gets you on the court his touch is literally immaculate from wherever he is from different angles different type of shots so like when we're talking about these guys like with with point guards and lead initiators it's it's one thing But for before these type of of wings who are going to be more defensive first, you know, what are are you looking forward? What are you looking at for them when you're saying, all right, I actually do believe this guy has a chance to get to a league average shooter by the time he's like done with his rookie contract. And that's one of the hardest things when projecting these guys, too.
2: So it's and, and every little thing for me is a piece of the puzzle. There isn't. I, there are so many people out there who are just, oh, well, he's a good free throw shooter. He's gonna be good. It's like, well, no, that's a little too simplistic or, oh, his he had an awesome he shot forty percent from three this year. It's like, okay, but he took one attempt per game, so he misses yeah. two and that plummets ten percent. So it's like it's every little thing for me, um, with these guys who aren't really shooting out there, um like I, I look at mechanics a lot. I look at how. And I, I'm not a shot, doctor. So it's not me, literally me just staring at the screen, rewinding the same <laughs> shot a dozen times. It's like, okay, <laughs> what's off? What's off? Um, so I like a guy like Evan Mobley, he didn't shoot it well from outside. He didn't shoot it shoot it a ton, but when he did, the mechanics looked good. It was fluid. It was consistent. He looked confident when he did it. Uh, I I think confidence is a big one. I think volume's a big one. I think touch on floaters how they look at the free throw line, if they've improved throughout their college career mm-hmm. from high school to college from the free throw line. So when, when you don't get a whole lot of volume, it's a little easier with guards like Cam Thomas. I don't, he didn't shoot well from outside, but he shot everything under the sun in a variety of ways. So I think eventually he gets to that good shooting projection, but the like those big men, those big wings, it's mostly touch confidence and then are the mechanics completely broken or is it co- like some things on the edges that just need a little bit of refinement
0: i mean that mechanics when it comes to shooting is one like i don't like like you said you're not a shot doctor i'm not a shot doctor uh, played a little basketball in my day but like i wouldn't tell anybody that i'm a, a shot a shot doctor from there but it's like mechanics I like to just see if there's any arc on, if it's not a straight line from these big guys, like if you're not shooting line drive jump shots, I think we have a chance to improve. Um, And no, the slow releases, slow releases and line drives are one of those things when I'm watching film, like this might be an issue going forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, I don't think there's much room for improvement there. Somebody like Scotty or like, you know, even Kaminga or one of those guys, like when they're shooting those jump shots, they're shooting it with confidence one. It's, it might be irrational confidence, but they're shooting it with, with confidence and they're shooting it with range. And I think those are the things that I look to if there's in terms of, can this be improved upon? Because yeah, if you're shooting, you know, corner threes and they're clinking off the rim, you know, we have issues, but like these dudes were also pulling up from spots. They probably shouldn't have been just because they had that type of green light in college. So I think, with some NBA systems and just some refinement, they'll become serviceable shooters. I don't think any of them will become lights out, but as long as they're serviceable, somebody yeah. like coming with that that explosion, that athleticism, that changes things for him. Scotty Barnes, somebody with that basketball feel and touch and, and just the overall feel of the game, any type of serviceable jump shot or free throw changes things for him because he's a weapon now. And he's not, he's not going to be a liability offensively and everything else he's going to give you in terms of just the offensive flow, if he's hitting open jump shots and things like that, it's just going to be positives and gravy on that investment in your pick.
1: You know, one, one thing that like really stands out to me, the more you just think about like skills within like, or yeah, skills within roster building, like exercises and go, going back to the point that we, we were just making about, about Draymond, but I don't think like, when we're just talking about the totality of NBA talents and you know, how skilled and how talented you have to be to make it to that level within the league, you know, and to really separate yourself from the pack of other, like whatever, let's say like any, any league average skills, whether we're talking about shooting, rebounding, passing as, as a, as a monolith and just as a conglomerate, you know, it ends up, the NBA ends up being, you know, this, There are outlier skills to where it, it feels, it feels to me like people use like Steph Curry and Dame Little are not the baseline for normal shooting. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like even or even going this the 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 original thought had to do with draymond green and why he's a bad cop for anybody because literally if you see to this day if you see anybody trying to post up draymond green you're not moving him it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are and i know one thing that that really as i've been going to my next question um about just a couple guys i've been thinking about in in a vacuum uh but and to his own right you know somebody who also had just like a ridiculous amount of like core strength. And you see when he really gets into his defensive positioning and he's able to really get a good, you know, a good, get get his, um, extend himself. You see Davion Mitchell, like his core strength is something that is really impressive for a smaller guard. Somebody who's six one. So, I mean, my, my question for you about these two guys, it would be, uh, I know, I know you had Moses Moody ahead of Davion, which, you know, I love, I love me some Moses Moody as well. I haven't we have I haven't finished our, my final final big board before before draft. But what went into I believe you had Moses six and I don't, I don't remember where you had um, Davion on your on your last big board. If I'm pulling it up real quick, um, but just those two guys, what did you make of them if you were in a if you had to make a a, a decision in a vacuum for for a team between those guys?
2: Yeah, so I, I have a new one coming out soon. But uh, Moses Moody at nine, Davion Mitchell at fourteen. So I I still think both are lottery guys and i so for me the age plays a big factor for these two guys right now because I, I i think davion is going to be a guy who can contribute right away i do think the shooting improvements are legitimate um not to the sense that he's going to be a 43 pro shooter or whatever because that's the unrealistic dribble, yeah, the dribble, yeah yeah but <laughs> i mean and, and I don't really care that the free throw percentage didn't really improve. I know mean, it was right around 70%, but he didn't take a ton, a couple extra makes it goes up to 70 and that whole arguments out the window. But the way,
1: yep, yep, yep.
2: Yeah. It's just a mental thing I think for him and the way he was shooting the variety of shots that he took this year compared to last year, whereas off the dribble, uh, off of screens, pull up step backs it was all of it. So I think though that is legitimate improvement on his end. But I also think he's pretty much near the end of his development curve. Um, Obviously, there'll be some room because he's still a couple years away from his prime. But Moses Moody is a guy who I think is one of the smartest players in this class. And I think those guys can really take an extra leap and learn how to kind of compensate for what they're not best at. I love him as a shooter. I think he's a really smart defender. Mm -hmm. And once he continues to add strength because he was still pretty skinny this year Add strength. I think his at rim stuff becomes better and he really, he really needs to improve his ball handling because he doesn't create much space for himself right now. But I think that's something that he can do. And then when you pair that with his shooting and his basketball IQ and instincts on both ends of the floor, I think at work, I think you just get a really at worst, just quality starter. If not,
1: uh, you know, potential third guy on a contender. Raz, right. so we haven't, we. these are actually next on our, our breakdown. So we haven't had this conversation yet. But where, where are you at on on Moody versus Dave? I mentioned, because like I said, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out where I'm at on, for two prospects that I love, but where are you at on those two?
0: I'm not losing any sleep on either of these comparisons. Honestly, I feel like I have them pretty, pretty even. If we're being honest, like I like if, if you went either way and you gave me such an eloquent answer like Tyler just did, I'd be like, well, you know what, well, that makes sense. <laughs> like, like, like that, like that makes sense to me. And if you went the other way, I'm just like, cool. Like I'm, I, it's I'm really. It's gonna come down to for me, honestly, a few more film sessions on them. Um, I have to figure out really in terms of for for those prospects. It's gonna come down to to fit. I think who's picking and where they're picking at. Um, And I think that's where you'll, you'll get, I can't really tell you which one's going to be better. I have to see where they get drafted to first. And I think that's what a few prospects in this draft, honestly, where I have them pretty even and what's really going to stand out is where they land and what kind of role they're put in to start in their career. And I think that's going to, you know, if, if you like someone like Davion, like, I don't think he should be leading your offense coming into the nope. into the to this drive. You know what I'm saying, like. But if he's like your your third person, you know, third ball handler that can that you also ask to sometimes get a bucket, then yeah, like his outlook for his rookie year looks great. You know what I'm saying. So it's just one of those things where it's like I have to see where they go, and it's going to be a coin flip for me on draft night if I was if I was a team
1: yeah trying to like talk talk through those two guys it's it's pretty interesting to me because it's two different you know ends of of getting to offensive value because you know if davion is going to be this hyper elite pull-up shooter with a hyper elite first step yeah then we're talking about something we're talking about something that's you know i, I feel like even like a sub sub all-star point guard as a as a you know as an attainable you know type of you know, reach and reach for him. So, you know, that's, that's super intriguing for, for Moses Moody, you know, his ability to really score without the ball. Like, I think that's, if we're just talking about guys who like he, you know, I think his scoring ability, he might be able to get to somebody who is inching on a 20 point per game score in the league with a couple more developments without needing to really be a primary, which, you know, we, we talked about this on, on past episodes, but how are you going to bring value to, you know, your team when the ball isn't isn't in, your, isn't in your hand. And yeah, even when we talk about his defense as as somebody who yeah, his his length on defense, his his closeouts are something that I was really even. Um I did I did like how he closed out on um you know just closing out on shooters and his awareness on that and uh plus even you know just talking about what he did as a as a freshman at Arkansas on a team that uh what did they make? Elite Elite Eight, I think, off the top of my head, off the top of my head, I think so. Um something like but, that. But yeah, yeah. Even you know, getting getting to that level in a completely different, you know, he he played in a different environment than he did at Ver Playing playing, um, obviously he played a, off of like Scotty Barnes and and K Cunningham, who are two great passers in their own right. You know what I'm saying? But his the ball was in his hands a lot more this year. Um, the only thing I feel like, yeah, just to to see how he adds strength to his frame, um, that would really help him because he's able to get himself in a lot of advantageous. Positions around the baskets, and he just wouldn't be able to finish. And like I said, just talking about having like great off-ball, even as a cutter, or even just you know, a lot, he would he spent a lot of times in in a in a dunker spot for for Arkansas, and just finishing off finishing plays for him. And you see, he has the idea of what he wants to do there. Um But yeah, not just finishing. But I mean, I think just going back to Davion Tyler, what what what's the what's the upside here? Let's say if he if he hits his like. 90th percentile outcome here like what are we really talking about because i think my like even even on davion for for a second because i was i was super impressed by uh because i, I had seen some of his film last year but i didn't do any deep dives until until probably like a couple months ago but i was super impressed with where his handle came and you know going like his change of direction you know he's gonna be pretty hard to contain you know in tight spaces in the league you know once he figures out you know, the speed of the game. But like, what what, what would you say? Like, if we just had to theorize, like what his possible upside here would be if we're just like saying, fuck it and throwing out all type of, you know, like (laughs) just trying to like, you know, actually like trying to save your ass on a take here.
2: Yeah. So I, I, the, the best case scenario that I've kind of had on Davion for a while is like a Drew, drew holiday type player. Where he's this incredible point of attacker. He's a little smaller than Drew. Um, but I think he might end up being a better shooter. Um and like you mentioned, that that first step is so incredibly fast where he's he's blowing past anyone in the league, pretty much. Um yeah, so I if I wish he was like two inches taller, but I think he's the best point of attack defender in this league. I think his perimeter footwork or not this league in the draft. I think his uh, perimeter footwork is the best in the draft. Mm-hmm. There are so many times where he's drawing charges twenty five feet away from the hoop from the hoop because he's beating the guy to the spot every time and legitimately getting set and the guy just plows through him. And it's so rare that we see defenders like that. So like a Drew, Drew Holiday-esque, uh, Chris Dunn with a jumper, um, who's hopefully not getting hurt all the time. Dunn with a jumper. Um, Imagine that. But <laughs> I, I, I think he could be really good. And, and Raz mentioned it earlier about fit and, you know, the how boards will look different for every team. So there are definitely teams where I'd have Davion higher because I think he's more of a win now. Type guy, and if I was this team in the top ten trying to take a home run swing on a guy, I'm not sure Davion's quite that. But on a good team, I could see him being really, 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 really good. He's so much fun.
1: Yeah, right. Going through his board. Do you have any any other thing? Any couple guys you want to throw out here that you you know just you know musing on? Uh Let me pull it back up.
0: Um This is uh, we 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 might have to circle back when you update it too because I, yeah. I think. I think there was some players. I'm like, huh, that's kind of like Sharif Cooper at 18. That's it's actually a good spot, honestly. I, I want to say like that's like, probably like that's right. Why, like, like, that's why, like like that's, that's probably right <laughs> where I have him. Like I'm not. I have no no qualms with that. I mean, I would love for the Knicks to get him. Um, Jalen, yeah. Jalen 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 Johnson is somebody that befuddles me as a prospect.
1: He's um, another one, of man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's in that three-four range where you're like, eh, you're not really a three because you can't guard any threes, but you're too small to play actual four. Like real fours are going to bully you because what is he about six eight, if that? Yeah. Two two ten maybe like two oh five is probably what he really is. He's a he's a thin guy, so it's just like for somebody like him, at twenty one, I get why. You know, you would take him at 21 because, like, that offensive upside that you you could see in him. But he, like, also is someone that terrifies me. I feel like at 21, you could really strike out with him, too. Um, So any, like, I guess, any rationale for putting him at 21 on your big board?
2: Yeah, so I've actually moved him down even since then. So no. he'll be at, like, 26. So I have him in, like, mid, mid to late 20s at this point. And I, I – I kind of get why some people have him top 10 or lottery. I can't get there, but in theory, he could be awesome. But unfortunately, I think his entire upside is theoretical, and we yeah. didn't really see any of it actually in-game. I mean, his two best games it might have been two of the most impressive prospect games we saw out of anyone against Coppin State and Pittsburgh, but it was against Coppin State in Pittsburgh. So you expect a guy of his
1: it's not the caliber?
0: The past. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: I was and just he... thinking about that earlier too.
0: <laughs> fuck those guys. First of all, before we go <laughs> time, before we before we go any further, uh, Pittsburgh basketball killed every single one of my brackets from 2006 to like 2012. <laughs> but fuck every single one of them. Shout out LeVance Fields but fuck everyone else. I hate <laughs> I hate that program with all my. Sorry to <laughs>
2: No, it's incredibly relatable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, we were all there, man. What's happened, man? <laughs> I having flashbacks. I think Pittsburgh oh, is the reason my I stopped like, filling out brackets, man. Like, single handedly, that, like, I'm like, I can't do this anymore, man.
0: Yo, fuck those guys, bro. Oh, my
1: God. Child oh, the Big man. East, bro.
0: Rest in peace to the Big East. We need that back.
1: Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think, I think even getting into uh, these crop of, of, guards um that are that are pretty interesting to us um so i mean that whole crop of let's say springer i mean oh uh, yeah keon johnson uh book night and um yeah i mean we can we could start there because i know we we have a wide range of opinions on the james book night on on this show but where, where are you at with with him uh Because i know i think you have him later in the in the lottery i think off the top of my head but i've seen i've seen people say like he. They would consider taking him at like six or, or seven, wherever the warriors are picking. So what do you think? Is just it's just about like you know, red flags possibly, or his his uh profile in general? So I, I do have him top ten as top you see,
2: Ras right, right, right shaking his head. Um
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so
2: I I think he has a ton of scoring potential, and I think he's the best off-ball mover in the in the class, and the way he moves off-ball is pretty similar to how Devin Booker does. I'm not saying he's Devin Booker, but the way he does it where it's he moves off-ball to create an advantage, not necessarily runs off-screens, catch, shoot, it's run off-screen, get the ball, a- analyze, and then attack. Um, I wish the outside shooting would have been a little more consistent. Um, That was kind of a bummer how it really tailed off towards the end of the year. And then I think his lateral quickness is, I think one is really bad, honestly, for his on-ball defense, where I, I think he's generally a decent off-ball defender where he's pretty intelligent, at least, you know, fights through screens, all of that. But, On ball, I think he's really going to struggle to stay with guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my – I mean, I have a bunch of issues with him, but the lateral quickness is one of those things where it's like he doesn't score well enough to mitigate that. Like, there's no – like, he, like yeah, he can score on all three levels. Like, there's potential there for sure. But, like, his scoring prowess doesn't do enough to, like, offset, like, his lack of defense for me. Like, I don't think he's the best playmaker either. No. Um. in terms of like his ball handling for someone that size, I think it needs to really get tighter in the NBA. I think he'll have a lot of issues creating off the dribble with his handle at this point. But I mean, I could also just being, be being very biased because he uh, cost me money a long time ago. Um. So I, I really had to dig deep into his film to really understand what I saw the first time that he didn't give me the last eight times. So um, I mean, yeah, like I, I think, about 15 to 20 is where I would take him. Um, you know, 10 is kind of high for me. Um, just I think there's just a lot of players with that are a lot more ready to play right now, as opposed to, you know, the upside on it. Like, yeah, he has good upside, but I don't think any of the players that I would rank in front of him struggle with upside as well. So I think they're more readily to play and plug and play on both sides of the ball than he is. And I think they have pretty much the same upside as him. So I, I know this is going to be one of those, those, um, you know, we might have to play this back in a couple years where I'm getting aired out on Twitter <laughs> or something like this, but I'm, I'm going to stamp it. I think, I think he's overrated. Um, that's a draft season first um, on the book night. I mean, Sean may disagree.
1: But, uh, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, obviously, but yeah, I don't, I, I can't, I can't go for him, you know, within, yeah, six, seven, is probably a little too rich for me. You know, it's, it's more, it's more his size for me. I think, I think defensively, that's just a tire fire, you know, for, for a minute in his career. And yeah, that type of te- that you're going to have to be, you know, where he's going to have to get to as a score is still pretty high and we're going to need, you know, the shot is going to need to some additional refinement before he gets to that level so we're probably talking about something that could take him a couple years like even if it's hypothetical so i think uh one 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 of these other um actually let me get your opinion on this tyler uh, a couple a couple of these guys in this um uh, the later end of these centers in this class um the non-mobley guys in this class you know there's a couple you know there's a couple guys who have some you know, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. You know, depending on on what you're on what you're trying to find here. But you know, it's a couple of guys who are pretty interesting, even if you're just talking on, you know, lower upside guys who could probably contribute pretty high. It's funny because I know somebody like somebody like a, a Nick Claxon, who's just been an absolute darling of of NBA Twitter for probably the last, you know, throughout the whole next season. We all thought he would would be so many people said he was, he would be the X factor in, in that buck series. And he kind of didn't. Really? Up. <laughs> so said, a lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> share that. thought. I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. No, I, let's not say no, particularly for if anybody mentioned any most, a lot of conversations, I'm going to say a lot. I'm not going to say most, a lot of conversations <laughs> regarding can the Nets defensively be good enough. They, a lot of those conversations revolved around, you know, are they going to give Nick Claxton some minutes to get on the floor like i'm not i'm not making that up i'm not making that up but guys in this class um uh, somebody who you know kind of fits that same mold um isaiah jackson uh but even even isaiah jackson and um what's it called uh dayron sharp sangoon no. and boy uh and uh um, where, where are you at on on these guys tyler uh so alprin sangoon
2: i am drastically lower than everyone else. I have him barely as a first round guy. Um incredible post footwork, great touch. I think he eventually shoots. Um and he's listed at like six nine six ten so I don't think I think that he's lateral getting lateral quickness though. I think he's getting bullied. I think he's going to be a dumpster yeah. fire on defense. Um I don't think he's a decent shot blocker, but anything in space, which the entire NBA right. is now um he's ho- horrible awareness in the pick and roll can't move in space um i i just think he's going to mm-hmm. get played off the floor these people who are comparing him to jokic yes, i think uh, is blasphemous insane, jokic is a insane, massive yeah, human insane. being yes, and it just next level <laughs> iq so yeah. i th- i think sangoon is probably the best post up game in the draft uh, i think he could be a good passer or will be a good passer i think eventually he shoots but i his defense was going to be such a disaster. Um, so yeah, and I have him at like twenty eight or something.
1: How'd you feel about um, who's the other? I think um, I know. I know I mentioned Isaiah Jackson and Garuba as well. You said Dayron Sharp. Dayron, I, I don't know where the hell Dayron's about to go. Probably in that same range, but it, it's any anywhere from like twenty five to, to forty five. To be honest, I'll say this: he can rebound. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. Can, <laughs> he, can, he has he a can good rebound. motor. That's it. about. That's about, yeah. that's about. where it ends, though. Even even going going towards the um the Sangoon thing, yeah. The Jokic comparison is insane. Like uh, even I mentioned this on the on the video we did. It's it's a, even if you want to throw out you know a um a Rosy com- comparison for him, you know I, f- I feel like uh I, I, this is what I said, but um amount of Sabonis is kind of like a better outcome or sim- they're more similar body types. And I don't know. Would would you consider Sabonis a good defender? <sighs>
2: Sometimes, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I can I'd like him I like him defensively much better than Sangoon, um, which is I guess saying something. So, I won't I won't call him good, but I don't think he's the disaster that I
1: envision Sangoon being. Yeah that that's that one that one's pretty rough for me. But like yeah, like you said, it, it's, it's tough for any it's tough for any center to really like distance yourself from. You know, that league average glut. You have to have some not only like at the top of the league skills, but kind of all time skills. Cause all the guys at the at the top of the league right now all have skills that really separate themselves all time. So I mean, Raz, do you have any final things uh or any final draft takes you want to throw at Tyler before? Yeah.
0: Um, I, I got two. Um, you see the hat I'm wearing. Aaron Henry, you need to go back to school, but not Michigan State. <laughs> um you know go transfer go transfer somewhere else go to fucking oakland or one of those places we'll see you then um and in terms of just like like i want to say some of these later guards like somebody like bj boston right he's somebody where everyone is split and torn on him he he vastly underperformed in college um from the hype that he got coming into it is that somebody on the next level? You think can find a way to carve out a role for himself? If he
2: get if he goes to the right place, if they're really willing to be patient with him, if someone takes him and expects him to play in the next year or two, I don't think we'll be seeing much of him. But mm-hmm. he he really has to fill out, fill out his shooting mechanics are kind of all over the place. His defense was rough. Um, he couldn't finish or initiate contact at all. He was. Despite his you know, height and length, he was doing all these things where he's trying to go up and under defenders at the rim instead of creating contact. So all of that stuff really worries me. But I think if he gets in that NBA system where it's basketball all the time, um, you know, you can argue that that's what, how it is at Kentucky anyways. But I just get getting in a NBA strength and conditioning program, getting with an NBA shooting coach, I think will do him wonders but I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of them in the next year or two.
0: And then I guess one last person with just an awful, awful name, um, David Duke. Um, he...
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, this yeah,
0: is it's it's not a great name. Bro. I
2: have to disclose who you're talking about every time on yeah. Twitter.
0: Yeah, like...
1: <laughs> I know the search engine on that one got to be rough, man. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, not like, good.
0: <laughs> is 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 that Not somebody? Shout out to you, bro. shout Thank out you, to you, um, David Duke. Um, is that somebody <laughs> that that even gets drafted? Is he somebody that needs to go back to? I mean, is he is he even? What is he? Is he a sophomore? I think he might be older than that. Honestly,
2: um, I I think he's he's a junior. He's yeah, a junior. he's he's staying in. I kind of wish that he would have stayed or transferred. Yeah. Um he he's kind of fallen for me the more I go through his stuff but I I I really like his defense really fast player good rebounder for his position just monster in the open floor um I worry about he 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 had really good shooting numbers but there're like little hitches in his shot that it just doesn't look smooth and I think it's going to be more of a struggle off the bounce so I, I think he needs to refine some of that stuff, um, but I, I I do like him as like a second round sleeper type guy to come in, be that third guard in rotation or something like that. So I think the potential is there for him. Um, I think he's a really smart player and has the tools to contribute, but I'm much less high on him than I was early in the season.
1: I'm still I'm still laughing at the day, man. <laughs> it's not great, man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, his parents did him no. I mean, I, yeah, his parents did him no favors on that no. one. Uh, but yeah, man, this is this has been another installment of the Draft Season podcast. Definitely check out Tyler um and all the things he does on hashtag basketball. Uh but I, f- finishing finishing on a couple T-Wolves points just to get us out of here on this. Uh, we spent a lot of time discussing Anthony Edwards coming into this coming into last season. Uh, But I mean, you know, just overall, like what, what did you make of his, his rookie season, Um, the good and the bad? Um, I know he made himself into like one of the most lovable personalities in the entire league, you know, within that one year. And I kind of, that's why, that's exactly why whenever people mention him in Wiggins, I'm like, y'all not paying attention here. Cause this, this kid is, this kid is nothing like Wiggins from like, if you want to go, like a basketball perspective, strength wise, nothing like Wiggins, and yeah. like like personality wise, a complete polar opposite of Andrew Wiggins. But what did you make of of the Ant Man experience in year one, and and what would you say like how how does this trajectory? Because I think out of anybody else on that roster, he kind of does hold the keys to wherever this Minnesota T Wolves project is going in these next couple of years. It kind of just hangs on what does Ant Ant Man look in a couple of years. But yeah, what did you make of year one Ant Man?
2: So hand up, I was one of those who had the the Wiggins comp to some <laughs> because the, the the shot selection. The the Georgia's whip, table was ugly, man. I don't. Blame it wasn't good. That it man. wasn't good, and I just had PTSD, so I overthought it, and it. I was wrong, thankfully. It's understandable. I, I, and he is one of the most lovable players in the league already, at least from my perspective. Um He's down. He's down. But I the the first half of his season was brutal. The defense yeah, it was, was, it was awful. Bad. He couldn't finish anything at the rim, and it didn't help that injuries all over the place ricky rubio was having some emotional issues from being traded for like the fourth time in his career after thinking he found a home uh once carl anthony towns came back that opened up the entire floor and created so much more for edwards on offense he really started figuring out different ways to finish at the rim which was huge where he's euro stepping guys and he's already one of like the 10th percentile strongest dudes in the league the guys just built like an ox and just moves people in the post which i wasn't expecting from a 19 year old so i mean his his defense is still just brutal um but as the season went on he kind of turned into like this defensive playmaker where he was just jumping passing lanes and using his athleticism to just make plays not enough to cover up the blunders um but it was okay at least you're Providing something on this end. Um, he, he's really exciting. He has, I think, he has legitimate superstar upside. Um, just has to figure out the shooting consistency, keep progressing as that at rim finisher, and not be a total dumpster fire on defense.
1: Raj, right. you got anything on Ant Man, bro?
0: No, I like the Ant Man. Uh, all I will say is um, that T Wolves under hit uh, this year, <laughs> as I knew it would. Um. And every other. And there he has it. <laughs> I was I was I was la- I was laughed at earlier this year we did a show on that say now nah, it's definitely going over I'm like All right, well I guess I'll be in the, the minority here but look you know I, and, I don't uh, ever you, wish you running that, back. I'm, not running no, that back. I'm not taking no victory lap on yes, yes cash exactly.
1: you took it you took a victory lap on like by like Christmas I mean, bro what are you talking about it, I mean yeah but
0: after you know after sitting back and watching the team gel um, quote unquote, I, I can see the vision. They're not going to play any defense next year either. I hope we all, I hope we yeah, all can a, agree on that. There's going to be no bro. defense. There. It's a bad
1: combination <laughs> between, between, um, and Manny Banks. We got a mock draft coming, um, next Monday. We're coming for you on that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a bad combination of, you know, there's a there's a lot of cherry pick defensive guys on that, and that's a that's a strange way to build a team. Um, between you know, <laughs> even I'll defend Dilo forever, but put him next to like Beasley and, and Ant also aren't good defenders. So at a at a certain point, you know, it's kind of just like overkill on that. But yeah, man, get some get some defenders in, and and someone say they, Malik Beasley is a thief? I wouldn't say it. <laughs> nah, <but> Beasley was <laughs> Beasley was damn good before before he got hurt last year, right? Yeah. Now nah, he was, he was shooting. He was shooting stealing,
0: got suspended stealing, and yeah. stealing people's women things like that. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> In jail this summer. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: things are happening. <laughs> you know, you yeah, man. Did T- they ever sell the
0: team? They sold the
1: team? I don't, I don't know. Like, T-Bulls low-key ended up like one of the most hot ride, like NBA Twitter <laughs> topics between. I, I don't know how we got here but it's it's the truth like between like there's a lot of people who like either rooting on them to fail or just want to see like or just know a dumpster fire is coming on the other side but i don't know conversely, man yeah
0: <laughs> conversely the hornets were also another team that I don't think anybody hated.
1: What do you call them? The JV seven o'clock games. Yeah, yeah. The Hornets was on. (laughs) Hornets was
0: on at six p.m.
1: Eastern time every
0: week, every day. JV time slot. (laughs) Fuck it, I'm tuned in. Like because there's nothing else. on you either watch that on King of Queens or the news. So I'm just sitting. (laughs) so So I'm sitting there watching the Hornets and. I mean, they have the best commentator in the game, it seems, because he, he, <laughs> brings, down, he brings so much energy to that team. And they're a fun team, so hopefully they'll be good <laughs> at some point. I don't see it. Um, I would like us to ship Mauro Bridges to the Knicks for nothing. Kevin Knox, let's make it work. But, um, yeah, I mean, shout out to T-Wolves. Um, hopefully they improve upon their season this year. I mean, do you guys have any, any – perspective on to how you feel I was I was team. gonna ask Tyler if he had
1: any like moves he would he would do for yeah, the offseason and but... we could end on that I don't I don't know it's a lot of, they need some defense you know
2: but yeah uh sign so I, I love Jaden McDaniels I think he was the steal of the draft I to, oh my god um, i was gonna ask you a question about him. Yeah I, I I I absolutely adore him I he's incredible.
1: I guess already
2: the best defender on the team. He, he, oh, you oh, yeah. got like he got like three votes for all rookie, which was got robbed
1: for all rookie. Man, he's definitely one. He was definitely one of the two way best rookies in the league last year. From I understand the second, why people stopped watching though. So I, yeah, for sure, for sure. But from the second they started giving him minutes, you could tell like from early he was making a great defensive impact. And you know, I think when we talk about guys like like I guess Zaire is one of them who you know because Jaden didn't get much respect for his defensive prowess. You know, so if you're talking about like one of those like rim like wing guys who like, yeah, he, he came out and just showed a lot of defensive awareness and proclivity that people didn't expect in his actual projection. But yeah, man, I think I think that could wrap it up for here, man. This has been a great episode. Once again, Tyler, let the people know um any any draft content you got coming in these last week and where they could check you out and any content you got going on, man.
2: Uh yeah, uh New draft guide should be coming before the draft at some point. So sometime in the next week, I uh, just finished writing Kai Jones scouting report. Just going to try and crank as many of those out as possible up until the draft. Uh, but yeah, just everything goes out on hashtag basketball.com. All my timberwolf stuff over at canis uh, I tweet everything out at tmetcalf
1: 11 uh, one, Yeah, that's probably the easiest. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. We definitely have to have another west. time in the future to get into some more draft talk. Raz, take us out of here, bro.
0: Another great episode down in the books. This is the Draft Season Podcast. We will be back all this week, all next week with Draft Quick Hitter Player Profiles. We got a mock draft, as we said earlier, coming through. It is officially Draft Season. Check us for that fantasy football content that will be popping up soon, too. Um, It's great to be back, Tyler. Thank you again. This is your boy, Young Raz, signing off.